The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Well, welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, the majority owner at Acunet Mortgage and also Acunet Realty Advisors, along with my son, David, who's our chief client experience officer at the mortgage company. If you've got a question or comment, you can call or text us today on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. Well, David, the average person going about their daily business this week probably thinks that mortgage rates went up. Yeah. Because of the coverage of the Federal Reserve, quote, raising rates another half percent on Wednesday. But that didn't happen. We're going to get to that in just a minute. What happened on Tuesday, so the Federal Reserve meeting was on Wednesday, and they actually started on Tuesday. On Tuesday, Christmas came early for everybody <laughs> in the mortgage business and the real estate business because we got the latest reading on inflation. And remember, Inflation is the arch enemy of interest rates, and that's why the Federal Reserve is cranking up interest rates. And when we say interest rates in the Federal Reserve, we mean the rates that banks get to pay overnight when they borrow money. The Federal yep. Reserve does not have a big dial that controls mortgage rates. They just control one rate. Uh, but the, And what is the consumer-facing rate that does move in lockstep with the Fed funds rate, David? Oh, it's the prime rate. The prime rate, which went on Wednesday, went from 7 uh, to 7.5, the prime rate. Yes, that is correct. So um, the, the bottom line is that on, on Tuesday, we got this slightly better than expected consumer price index. The consumer price index measures inflation at the retail or consumer level. And on Tuesday, the Labor Department told us that year over year, prices went up 7.1%. That is exactly 0.1% better than what the market expected. But <laughs> despite that yeah. really slim beat, as they call it, we beat the expectations. The market reacted really strongly. And I think it's because we were just relieved that the trend continued. Remember, October's inflation reading was 7.7. Hey, now November's 7.1. Whew. Yeah. We're relieved that it's, it continues to go. It's starting to make direction. a pattern. It wasn't just a one-off right. last time. By the way, uh, the core inflation rate, uh, which strips out energy and, cons um, and food, uh, increased at only 6%. Uh, year over year. All right. Now, our good friend and client, Jim Wozniak, who's a senior wealth advisor over at RBC Wealth Management, was kind enough to forward me the commentary from RBC's chief U.S. economist, Tom Porcelli, in which Mr. Porcelli states that by the end of 2023, David, RBC expects that core inflation rate. Remember, I just said it starts it's at 6%. Mr. Porcelli thinks that by the end of 2023, that number for core inflation will start with a two, two point something. I accept. Yeah, exactly. From his lips to God's ears, as the saying goes. So he even thinks it might happen before then. That would be very good for wow. uh, mortgage rates. All right, let's nerd out for just a half a second. We were talking with uh, Libby 
leading up to the show, the CPI includes 80,000 items that the government tracks the price of every month. Oh, not just in one place, in many locations. Hmm. Your tax dollars at work there. Yes, we yeah, are yeah, paying yeah. people to look at 80,000 items. The leading price increase items were eggs, which went up a whopping 49% from a year ago. Airfare, uh, apparently people are back. I've heard it called revenge travel, right? They're like, <laughs> I could travel for so long. I am going to get revenge and I'm going to travel a lot. Well, airfare prices were up 36%. Uh, the cost of butter and margarine, which Libby was attuned to, she said butter prices are up. That's because they were up 34% from a year ago. Okay. The items where uh, prices dropped, this surprised me, smartphone prices, David, dropped 23% from a year ago. Televisions were down 17%, and car rental prices were down 6%. You were mentioning uh, an item in the CPI, or Consumer Price Index, that makes up 25% of the index. What what item it, is that? Yeah, so it's that is the owner's equivalent rent which is the labor department tries to create this synthesized number because people's housing situation is different some people might be renting leasing some people might be owning and so they're trying to come up with what they call owner's equivalent rent it makes up a quarter of the um cpi, CPI number and uh what did that year do? over year was up 7.1 and oh. I think that is going to continue to cool off uh, because a year ago, mortgage rates, for example, were in the twos and threes. Yeah. And so there's still some catch up uh, still to get baked into future CPI numbers. Here's uh, another item that is in the overall number, which is the price of gasoline. Um, according to AAA, Regular unleaded prices peaked in Wisconsin back in June at four dollars and ninety-three cents a gallon. Mm -hmm. The current average price is only two seventy-seven. That's twenty-three cents or eight percent lower than a year earlier. But back in November, remember, because we're talking about consumer prices in November, uh, the average was like three dollars and forty-three cents. So that's why inside the consumer price index, they're showing a nine percent increase in gas. So that's going to, in other words, if gas prices stay low, that's going to help yeah. the next reading in December. Because uh, remember, every the reason why I think gas is so important, by the way, in in terms of inflation, is everything you and I, and I buy as a consumer. Yeah is impacted by gas, whether it's the Amazon van driving down our driveway or the semi-truck that pulls into Pick and Save or Target, that price of gas is baked into all uh, goods that we're buying. All right, so when we come back, let's uh, turn the corner and say, well, what the heck did happen to mortgage rates? We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Hey, 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 let's not forget the younger, taller, more handsome Wickert, David Wickert. So we're talking about how perhaps counterintuitively, despite the fact that the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, in air quotes, a half a percent. Mortgage rates came down this week. And so at the end of the week, if you were looking to buy a median priced home in the five county Milwaukee metro area, which means it would have sold for $300,000. And if you're putting 25% down on said property and it was owner occupied and you had excellent credit and all the other right stuff, you could lock in a 5.99% 30 year fixed rate with just $2,200 in total loan costs, making the APR 6.04. That same rate, by the way, would apply if you were refinancing a first mortgage mm -hmm. without taking any cash out. Um, speaking of that, 
let's put that in perspective to earlier in November, not too long ago, when the 30-year fixed rate was comfortably around 7.25%, David, <laughs> the person, <laughs> the payment difference on this theoretical $225,000 loan that I'm talking about, the difference between 599 and seven and a quarter is a pretty substantial 187 bucks per month. That's that's quite a savings. Yeah. Um, now, if you you could enjoy that payment savings if you're a home shopper, or you could say, you know what, I'm going to use that drop in rates to buy more home, which means for the same monthly principal and interest payment, instead of buying a $300,000 home at seven and a quarter, you could now buy a $342,000 home at 5.99 kind of nice and we're yeah. going to get into this with your first time home buyer example here i think in the next segment another interesting fun fact that i dug up this morning if you closed on a two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars 30-year fixed rate at seven and a quarter back in october you could now refi to a 599 20-year fixed if you had 25 percent remaining equity and all the other right stuff your payment would only go up 76 bucks by the way your total closing cost would be 300 dollars at Accident making the APR 6.03. Um, well, and, by, and and lower your interest rate. You just lopped off 10 years on that person's loan for exactly. 70 bucks a month. That's awesome. That is awesome. And compared to making that same higher payment on the seven and a quarter, the person refinancing to the 20-year fix would save, are you ready? $99,000 over the lifetime of the loan. Wow. So I think we're going to have a little refi boomlet here. Uh, another true rate that I can quote here is we could do 599 on a 20-year fixed cash-out refinance. That's on a $300,000 loan amount uh, with 30% remaining equity and all the other right stuff. So that's starting to get competitive with, hey, if you're looking to borrow money at 7.5% on a home equity line of credit, mm. which, by the way, the Fed also came out after this meeting. They do this four times a year with what they call their dot plot, where 19 of the Federal Reserve economists, one from each of the Federal Reserve's 12 banks, plus, I guess, seven other people, they weigh in and say, where do we think the Fed funds rate is going to end up? And they have now predicted that it's going to be a, another half percent higher before the Fed is done raising rates, which would put the prime rate where, David? At 8%. Holy Oof. cow. Okay, so soon you'll be looking at, hey, should I tap the equity in my house using a home equity line of credit that probably is going to be at 8%? Oh, the other thing that really made the stock market mad this week or concerned is that Jerome Powell in his news conference said, hey, not only are we going to jack up rates another half percent early in 2023, we're probably going to keep it there all of 2023 and into 24. And so the stock market took that news and said, oh, man, that must mean there's a recession. You know what? They're going to raise rates so high for so long that they're going to cause a recession, which is actually good for interest rates. Anyway, the bottom line is, if you're looking to tap the equity in your home, give us a call or click on the blue button at Acunet.com because we will help you analyze. Uh, that's one thing we're really good at, grinding the numbers yeah. and saying, okay, should you take it out on a 15-year fixed-rate first mortgage, which I know it's hard to trade in, that low rate you got on your first. It all has to do with what's the balance on your existing mortgage and how much new money are you looking to borrow. And so let us help you do the heavy lifting on the math, and we'll give you the straight scoop. When we come back, David, let's talk about the first-time homebuyers that you helped uh, this week 
because uh, I think there's a lot of things to unpack there that um, any first-time homebuyer or any homebuyer would benefit from. We'll do that right after this break. You are listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Accurate Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. All right, welcome back. I'm David. That's Brian over there. And we've got a story now of some first-time homebuyers. And um, the, these folks uh, uh, introduced to us by a past customer of Acunets. That's bound to happen over 24 years of being in business. So Yes, it is. People like in... what we do, David. Exactly. Well, and um, this is actually dad referring in daughter and future son-in-law. Ah. And so for these folks, they were just painfully straightforward qualified. Like they could buy as much house as they wanted. Okay. And so we started like like we do detailing, okay, let's get you rock solid. Because if you called us up and said, you know, hey, my dad told me I should give you a call and I have an accepted offer, any loan consultant would say, first, congratulations. And the second thing they'd say is, here's the list of documentation that I need to help get the mortgage organized. Yeah, to actually approve your loan. Exactly. And so for these, so for these, uh, they're in their late 20s. It was like, how's about we just gather that beforehand? And they were... They, they said, yeah, that makes of a ton course. of sense. Right. right. So we did that. So they're rock solid. So they uh, go forth hunting for a house with a $400,000 pre-approval with 5% down. And this was in mid-November, I noticed. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, rates, mid-sixes, you know, they've got great credit. Um, and oh, Boy, but they bounced up. I mean, or where they are, yeah, maybe, you know what, after they started, you're right. We had the first interest rate rally, so we were down two weeks before that, we were at seven and a quarter. Exactly. But by the time they were out there in the sixes, all right, go on. Well, so they, they go out and they start looking in that range. And then, you know, it's been a, it was a week or two, and they messaged me, and they're like, hey, can you get us a updated pre-approval at 430? I said, absolutely. 430,000, not at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> both <laughs> could have been bo both are perfectly fine uh and and then even a week or two after that hey can you get us a pre-approval letter at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars? and and because they were super qualified i just gave them another pre-approval letter at five hundred thousand dollars all right so you gave them their search here's what you wanted to right for, uh, here's what you asked for 450 but by the way Here's another one at 500 because that's how qualified you are. By the way, when you were first talking with these people, did you yeah. do a online screen sharing session with them? Of course. Well, and uh, I did it old school too. I said, okay, let's get this knocked out over the phone. I could send you a link and you can, you know, fill it out yourself. We have that technology, but we're on the phone. You're going to have questions, you know, as we get organized around your rock solid. So let's do it old school. So we just did it over the phone. Okay, loan application just, over the phone. I always yeah. think that makes for a better loan application because they might say something in the middle of that like, oh, yeah, when my divorce is final, I'm going to, <laughs> you know, oh, what? Yeah, right. Go on. All right, so, so, so these so, people now are out there with two uh, rock solid guaranteed pre-approvals, which let's not gloss over that. Yeah, We are communicating to the seller and the listing agent Hey, Acunet Mortgage has done all the homework. We have actually verified 
these folks income we have verified that they have the money and where it is right for the down payment and closing costs and we verify their credit and we put it through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac's automated underwriting system and you can rely on what we're telling you that they can buy a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar home with five percent down and in fact we're so confident that we'll cut you a check for a thousand bucks mr. seller and we'll cut the buyers a thousand dollar check if our analysis proves to be incorrect all right so yes. with that little re-explanation of the rock seller pre-approval my my version of that is um i'm ready to give you a mortgage we just need a seller to say yes to you that's there's right. so, there's some other things sprinkled in there but that's what it boils down to so I, so on. for these folks i learned that they um wrote two offers uh in in between mid-november and and this week and lost uh, why did they lose well so i i I had begun to get into that and I messaged, I texted their agent, John, nice guy. We do that as loan consultants, by the way, we're communicating with real estate agents oh, day or night. Yeah. It's, and, it's and the so, team sport. Of course. And what I asked John was, Hey, do you want, do you think it would be worth it? Or as you analyze, why did they not win? Is it possible that it was because they were writing with 5% down? And I think that's a plausible theory, by the way, because if I'm a seller and I've got two offers and one buyer is putting 20% down at X right. price and the other one is putting 5% down, I think nine out of 10 sellers and listing agents are go bigger down payments better. Exactly. Well, and so the reason why I asked was because, because we did the rock solid pre-approval, I know, well, they could do more than 5% down they have the means to show that they could right they just wisely don't want to do that all right let's put a pin in that david and we'll come back and and tell you the rest of the story as paul harvey used to say uh right after the news right now it's time to turn it over to adam roberts in the 24-hour newsroom don't break the bank to get into a house back to the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian wickert on wtmj and also David Wickert, our Chief Client Experience Officer and Senior Loan Consultant, who's sharing a story about some first-time homebuyers that he helped uh, get an accepted offer this past week after losing out on two offers prior and also having done what's fairly common with first-time buyers. They were starting out like in the $400,000 range after a little while of looking at houses, thought, you know, we're not really seeing anything we like. Could you please boost us up? more into the 450 range mm -hmm. and uh, David then gave him two rock solid guaranteed pre-approvals one at $450,000 and one at $500,000 and you were suspecting that perhaps the reason why they hadn't gotten either of their first two offers accepted was because they were writing with 5% down so what were you about to do well because we had documented their down payment money I'm looking at the statement. They have more money in there than what they would need to show up for closing if to do 5% down. So I don't think I was in the middle of typing an email, but I was about to begin the, the conversation. Hey, well, the conversation of guys, you, if you're comfortable, you can show a seller. I can put 10% down to buy your house. That's twice as much as 5%. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, is going to be more comfort to a seller you know five percent it just well it doesn't feel like much because it's 
kind of almost as, the, as little as it can be. Uh, but uh, as it goes with home buyers, they kept at it. Before I could even begin the conversation, bam, they went right and get an offer accepted on a flip out in the west suburbs. Ah, okay, a flip. So, and, and I did take a look at this online before the show, and it's beautiful. So, well, and mid-century ranch. Is, yeah. yeah, you. What's funny? You you pointed out the property had been on the market for a month, and they've Correct. been looking for that long. And, and you had asked me, like, you know, did did they not see this place? Well, it was above the range where they had started. Uh -huh. So as they looked, as the parameters got roomier okay, about what like they were that. looking yeah. for, then suddenly this was in their bucket. In their range. Exactly. So, and let's take this from the seller's perspective. So, and this isn't the first, uh, I, I talked to somebody two weeks ago when they were at their closing that bought a flip. Yeah. And I, I did take a peek at the um, offer to purchase and I noticed that, well, in both cases, in this one particular, they got their offer accepted at about four and a half percent under the seller's asking price, which the seller had already cut by like five grand from the time they first went on the market in mid-November. Yeah. So if you're the seller and you're a flipper, you have money stuck in this house. And, and this goes to the overall observation that December is a fine time to buy a home. I mean, oh, a lot yeah. of people pack up, ah, we're, we're packing it in. We're going to wait till next year and so on and so forth. Well, hey, we're helping people buy, get accepted offers even in December. The other things I, I noticed, I'll ask this in the form of a question, David. Uh, were the buyers able to write with what I'll call a normal home inspection contingency? Yes, they were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because remember back in the height of the market, let's say uh, this last year in April, May, June, people were having to go naked mm -hmm. and say, yeah, I won't even get a home inspection, which is scary. So they were able to get the home inspection. Now, albeit with the caveat that if they, if their inspector came across a defect, the seller would have the right to cure. What about the appraisal contingency, David? Were they able to write with an appraisal contingency? They were. The, it was all, it, uh, it, it all looked normal. <laughs> which right. is kind of nice. And so we were talking about how down payment, you know, is bigger down payment is better. Well, if they're writing with an appraisal contingency and somebody putting 20% down is writing with an appraisal contingency, it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, that right. sort of is the equalizer. But yet, let's always remember that real estate is not always fact-based. There's a lot of emotion to it or intuition. And so the person with the bigger down payment is typically going to win if all other things are similar or equal. All right. Anything else that we want to talk about on this story before we turn the page? Let's turn the page. This And we're going to have more because they just got started. So we're going to have more to share about their home purchase in the weeks to come as well. So that'll be good. All right. When we come back, speaking of flips, we're going to talk about a, another transaction that closed this last week where the financing was being done and guaranteed by our friends at the federal housing agency uh, fha and how that introduced a new wrinkle a, an additional wrinkle when it comes to buying a home that was recently flipped or remodeled we'll give you those details when we come back you're listening to the academic mortgage and realty show on wisconsin's radio station am 620 wtmj important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. 
All right, so we're on a little bit of a mini theme here on, hey, financing properties that have been recently remodeled, purchased and flipped uh, by the remodeler. And so when it comes, this is uh, a story about somebody who uh, needed FHA financing. Uh, and some of the reasons why we end up using FHA financing is that uh, FHA is agnostic when it comes to the cost of their government mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, FHA is a government mortgage insurance program. And so regardless of your credit score, um, the monthly mortgage insurance is the same. It's equivalent to an additional 0.85% of the uh, mortgage rate. And for this particular borrower, if she would have tried to do the same thing with a Fannie Mae 30-year fixed rate mortgage, the uh, cost of private mortgage insurance with 3% down would have been more than double uh, what it was on FHA. Now, another thing to say about FHA is our government does charge an upfront mortgage insurance premium equal to 1.75% of the loan balance. And that's a lot of money, but don't worry, you don't have to pay it out of pocket. Mm -hmm. The FHA program allows you graciously to finance that as part of your loan amount. So it's painless. Uh, and then the other thing that's true is the FHA uh, loan program, your government dollars at work, allows us to lend more money based on the borrower's financial blood pressure. In other words, the percentage of the person's gross income that is being devoted to all their monthly payments is higher. And, and so it's a tool in our toolbox uh, that, you know, is, I'm going to say, second place it's like if we could have done this loan on a fannie mae loan it would have been well, cheaper you'd avoid but, the but to FHA. your point though by using the fha tool we saved this borrower who closed on friday lots of dollars when it came to both probably rate and the oh, monthly mortgage and, insurance and she wouldn't have qualified right you know for a non-fha loan okay so uh what is true so this was a remodeled home david and you know the details of this you you got involved yeah. in helping to solve this puzzle what was the initial fundamental problem the fly in the ointment well so the fundamental problem is fha is cautious about flipped properties on behalf of borrowers and so the this property uh there is a a window a from the time the property uh is bought by the Purchase. previous owner yeah. and then the, the contract for the you know our buyer that cannot be within 90 calendar days and how many what was the time elapsed david on this when the loan came through how many days was it 89 days 89 and days. And, and and there we went to every level to be like guys it's 89 days like well, it's one day can we, we get an exception no can no we... we we weren't that dumb we didn't ask for the exception on 89 days what we went to bat for and maybe you weren't aware of this was that the the agents were like let's just write an amendment to the contract oh. to change the date that it was accepted it's like we knew that wasn't going to work but they were like no 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 that's gonna work let's so try. we said okay we'll lay this on the altar of fha and see if they'll bite on the idea of manufacturing a new accepted offer date yeah and guess what this got spit up on and they just had to draft a new contract that didn't hurt the deal at all it didn't affect our interest rate lock-in agreement or anything no. like that um but what is the rule when okay so now we were compliant and we were 
you know, well beyond the 90-day window. What do you days. have to do on an FHA loan? Right. So once you get past the 90-day window, then it starts the 91 to 180-day window. Rule where book. You don't, you don't just get one appraisal on the property. You need to get two valuations on the property, I guess because the second person's got to make sure the first person knew what they yeah. were doing. Well, we just we want to make sure that people, FHA is kind of paternalistic, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they're saying, hey, man, you have got to make sure that this patient person is not overpaying for the home. So if we can get two appraisers to agree on a value, and don't forget they know what the person paid for it, then, then we're more comfortable. Uh, what happened with the second appraisal, David? Oh, I don't know. I just know that they closed on Friday. You've got the goods. Oh, yes, I do. Well, all right. You know what? We will uh, tell you what happened next on on, on this story with the second appraisal because it is interesting. Um, stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM 620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Hey! Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We're talking about another first-time home buyer who is purchasing a home. And uh, and for a couple of different reasons, we needed to use the FHA 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, which offers 3.5% down. Again, this home buyer had more than that, could have put more down, but is choosing not to. And so because it was a flip and was purchased just over 90 days prior to our accepted offer, we had to get a second appraisal. Well, the second appraisal comes in like literally the day before a closing is scheduled. Um, and, and the value is okay. But one of the peculiarities or other parental uh, things that FHA requires paternalistic, is paternalistic. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they want to make sure there's no broken glass and they're really sticklers on chipped or peeling paint. Yeah. And so even though our first appraiser didn't mention this, the second appraiser says, oh, you know, outside, back by the garage and on this little piece of fence, there's some chipped paint. When <sighs> I pushed back the shrubbery and... Yeah. Okay, we have to search for that one. So, so in a rare moment of... Uh, we got to get this loan closed because we were running out of rate lock extension, all kinds of different factors. We decided we're going ahead and closing this and the loan officer, if necessary, is going to go out there and paint that garage and fence because in order to sell this loan, okay. we have to make sure that that, and, and it's less than a hundred dollars. It's really a small part and it is bonif It is officially ridiculous Yeah, because this chip, the reason why their FHA is concerned about chip and peeling paint is because of lead poisoning. Mm -hmm. Well, this isn't even inside the house. Doesn't matter if there's any chipped or peeling paint. The rules uh, are the rules. Yeah. The other thing that's peculiar about FHA is uh, trip hazards, uh, by the way. So they're, you, sometimes if you're doing an FHA loan and the steps aren't the right you know, amount, they're, they're yeah. too high or too narrow, or hand railings, that can also be called out on the appraisal. Generally, sellers and listing agents don't like FHA because they know the appraisal is a bit more um, but, wonky. Or, you know, yeah. you can trip up on it, like like in this case. But the agents ended up being really cool about it, and so was the buyer. So happy ending uh, on this particular. Oh, one other interesting thing. 
the buyer first got approved by, pre-approved by, guess who, David? Rocket Mortgage. That's right, Rocket Mortgage. So she got sucked into their awesome advertising and good, great technology. Yep. And then her local real estate agent said, you know, I see that you're pre-approved by Rocket Mortgage. I, God bless them. You know, agents don't really like those big national lenders. And and so the uh, real estate agent, the buyer's agent said, give, give Tim Holdman over at Acunet Mortgage a call, your brother-in-law, my son-in-law. Yeah. And let him see what she can, what he can do. And so this home buyer was thrilled, and I met her at the closing table. And when she went out of her way to say how easy the experience was uh, dealing with Tim and Acunet, and you know, even navigating through these various issues. Well, but isn't that the key thing that you want a partner to help problem solve? It's it, it, service is thing number one, but having. Uh, trust that if I call, in this case, Tim, Tim's going to hold my hand and we're going to figure this out together uh, because she's probably already fallen in love with the house. In her oh, yeah. mind, she had already moved in. And now let's figure out this paint thing at the 11th hour, which is, you know, no one likes that. But if it pops up, you want someone who straps it on and says, we're going to figure this out. Yes. Guess what? Mortgage lending and buying homes is all about the details. Yeah. And uh, and you know, we, we I would I don't I don't have time to tell this story. Maybe I'll tell it now. We're off the next two weeks, folks. The WTMJ has graciously given us Christmas Day and New Year's Day off. Ooh. Uh, but I, I've got a story uh, of a customer who is um, selling a home. Okay. And, and their buyer is kind of getting the runaround from a big bank. Uh, it was a cash offer. Okay. But they yeah. still chose to get a mortgage, which is perfectly fine and allowable. But the big bank, uh, kind of forgot to do one thing, order the appraisal. <laughs> You're kidding. So, no. Or, 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 you know, because there was a certain deadline, uh, this past Wednesday by which this cash offer was supposed to close. And, you know, like two days before, the buyer said, hey, you know what, uh, could you please grant me a little extra time because I really want to get a mortgage. And I just found out that my mortgage lender did not order the appraisal. How? That's like How a football team showing up without helmets. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what were you? And, and the offer had been, like, is from mid-October. So there was plenty of time. Okay. But the buyer wasn't savvy enough to realize the appraisal wasn't done you know he would just say how's my mortgage coming? oh great the yeah. mortgage is going great and then all of a sudden at the 11th hour it's like yeah except we don't have the appraisal yet interesting <sighs> yeah yeah so anyway we'll we'll tell you how that story ends uh next year when we're on for our next show all right so we camp we covered a lot of ground today we we're Talking a lot about first-time home buyers, David. Your first-time home buyer, successful, yeah, and getting their offer accepted with five percent down, and they're on their. Oh, what was your rate that you locked them in at, by the way? Five point nine nine. APR is uh, six point two. They, they have that PMI on there, which impacts the APR. But I was able to offer a five hundred dollar lender credit uh, to those folks because for them, you know, it, they didn't want to spend money to pay points because yeah. what if rates come down in the next year or two? Right. So you you got them about eight hundred and fifty dollars of closing costs there. Yeah. No points. Five nine nine, and that was because of the loan amount. All right. So uh, and rates are down. So you just heard us say five point nine nine on a thirty year fixed rate APR in that case probably about six point one or two because of the private mortgage insurance. 
Rates are better than you think, folks. And uh, now's the time to click on the blue button, get pre-approved, so you can buy that home next year. All right, we'll see you back here next year. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.